Why, hello there. <laughs> Welcome to the Fight Sides Combat Sports News Recap. I'm Iggy. Uh, well, that was fun, wasn't it? UFC 261 took place last weekend, and uh, the event was uh, eventful enough, <laughs> I guess, to produce a whole slew of post-fight buzz that naturally led to some pretty fucking atrocious takes. So, let's begin. UFC... To, let's begin with a uh, with a recap of UFC 261. A truly monkey, truly monkey night of fights. A whole bunch of dumb brawls on the prelims, and uh, Shevchenko versus Andrade went the way everyone expected it to go. Where Lee just got domed out of nowhere with uh, the, one of the prettiest uh, lead leg high kicks you'll ever see, and. Um, Dan Usman looked like he was chasing bees for one round and then landed literally one of the most perfect right hands I've ever seen. Go figure. Let's go through the card, fight by fight, like we usually do, and maybe I'll give some of my thoughts, if I have any. Starting with, uh, with the early prelims, women's strawweight Ariane Carnelosi versus Nal Yang. Carnelosi by KO in the second. Got no thoughts. Didn't see that one. I was asleep. Uh, flyweight Jeff Molina versus Auri Chileng. Molina by unanimous decision everyone was like oh oh my god Molina's got some hands and Auri Chileng is a savage and personally I thought that at some point in his life uh, Auri Chileng's spine inexplicably fused into one solid metal rod thus preventing him from ever moving his head and that's why the fight went the way it did so moving on (laughs) lightweight Rodrigo Vargas versus Rongju Vargas by unanimous decision I don't know Rongju looked weird and boring and tentative. Maybe it was uh, an adrenaline dump. Maybe it was just uh, the, the jitters, but I don't know. The pre-fight jitters at the, at the world stage. But uh, he did a whole bunch of posturing uh, without uh, accomplishing much. He did a lot of this. Did a lot of kind of... Oh, this type of stuff. He'd get hit and then act like it didn't uh, hurt him that much. Except he was clearly hurt. And I've had Pornhub open in the other tab, and I think at some point I just switched over to that and tried to jack off. But uh, I've also had the commentary. Uh, I've also had commentary on because I needed to hear Bruce Buffer announce the winner, so I can go back to actually watching the fights. But uh, Joe Rogan's voice made it absolutely impossible for me to get it up. I think uh, Rogan said that the backfist is uh, the most underutilized weapon in MMA at some point, and I was forced to let go of my dig and grab a bottle of Nyquil. Bantamweight, Dana Batkaro versus Kevin Natividad. Uh, Batkaro by KO in the first. <laughs> Hang on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna try this. Uh, just give me a moment. It's atrocious. It's terrible. It's it, it's shit. But uh... anyway, <laughs> it it is at this point I have to point out that as, uh, out of every single Asian fighter on the cards, the only one who managed to win was a Mongolian guy. I'm choosing to blame this on the Beijing Performance Institute because uh, everyone who was from China on the prelims uh, fought the same dumb shitty way. Even now, Richelang, who's supposedly from Inner Mongolia, like no way these guys are receiving good instructions. <laughs> But regardless, regardless, also, it was a rare name fuck-up from John Amick. It's not Bat Geri. 
it's bad girl. Well, uh, if if you are Buryat Mongolian, you would say bad girl. If you are Halho Mongolian, which is uh, which bad girl is, you would pronounce it as bad uh, girl. But anyway, bad uh, girl looked fun for all of fifty seconds. <laughs> it took him to find that back foot drop shift left hook. Like, just real pretty stuff. Okay, he was moving backwards. Uh, in the middle of shifting stances, he just uh, nailed Natividad with this uh, picture-perfect left hook. They all feigned retreat, just as old man Chinggis taught us. A bizarre moment was when the translator started conveying was uh, what uh, Batkaro was saying in his post-fight interview in Mongolian. And uh, the crowd started booing all of a sudden. And I, I couldn't figure out, either it was because she's a woman, Asian or an Asian woman, <laughs> I do not know. Maybe the th they thought she was a Chinese communist Asian. agent. Uh, either way, it was strange, but I guess that's Florida for you. Uh, featherweight, Patrick Sabatini versus Tristan Connolly. Sabatini by unanimous decision. Didn't see that one, put it on, put it, uh, put the fight on mute. Finally managed to not. <laughs> Middleweight, Brendan Allen versus Carl Robertson. Allen via ankle lock in the first. My man Robertson really went out there and ankle locked himself. Just shocking stuff. Welterweight, Dwight Grant versus uh, Stefan Sekulic. Grant by a split decision. I don't know. Grant, once again, looked boring and tentative as, oh, fuck, I switched to back to porn and busted a quick, to, busted a quick one in the meantime. <laughs> Welterweight, Randy Brown versus Alex Oliveira. Brown via rear naked choke, round one. Filthy cowboy Oliveira finding new and innovative ways to get choked out. This time, Brown managed to sub him with only one arm. Fun story, I've dated a girl who was into choking, and uh, one time she saw me watching MMA, and there was this fight where a guy was being choked out, and she was like, oh, that's hot, do that to me. I tried explaining the difference between blood chokes and, you know, uh, sexual choking, and she got extremely angry because she thought I was kink-shaming her. Anyway, moving on. Light heavyweight Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crude. Imagine getting jabbed-dabbed by Anthony Smith. Imagine getting down, getting taken down by Jimmy Crude, who's only got one leg. Imagine the fight getting stopped because you got so pumped, pretending to be fine, you forgot you're not actually fine and stumble in front of the dock. And then you go like, and then punch the fence and then fall over because uh, your leg's dead. Jimmy Crude, more like Jiminy Crickets. Anyway, Smith won via TKO, Dr. Stoppage. That was a weird one, to be honest. Uh, a bizarre fight with a strange outcome. Truly one of those things where you're like, huh. But Crude's uh, leg troubles were really a glimpse at this, uh, the shape of things to come. Uh, middleweight, Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. Uriah Hall by TKO, round one, 17 seconds. You know... One of our friends predicted that the first thing that Hall throws might just about kill Weidman, and in fact, it was the first thing Chris threw that killed him. But yeah, Chris Weidman snaps his shin in half the same way Silva snapped his leg against him eight years ago against an opponent who was largely hailed as Silva's successor at the time, right after said successor old yellowed Silva. I don't know. I don't know if this isn't the proof. If this isn't proof that we live in a simulation, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> and the simulation broke, people. 
Time is a flat circle. It all returns to nothing. It all comes tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. Copyright Neon Genesis Evangelion. Picture of giant naked ray here. If any, you can be asked to put it there. We'll probably have a lot of work trying to edit down, trying trying to edit this one and just put snarky, snarky cards, snarky jokes in here. But uh, uh, yeah, and then bunch of a bunch of idiots came out, uh, came crawling out the woodwork, yammering about how, yammering about leg kicks and how they need to be banned. Because naturally, high kicks are less dangerous because you're less likely to break your leg. It's much more likely. It's much more likely you'll break your opponent's brain for the rest of his life. That's a fair trade. The real answer here, of course, is that you absolutely can defend from calf kicks. <laughs> like obviously, and if you redline your body, if you redline your body in training your entire life, at some point it's just gonna fall to pieces. I mean, Weidman surrounded himself with people who kept egging him on to push more, to push harder, to push farther, and now we are witnessing the results of that happening in real time. All right, women's flyweight, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade, uh, Shevchenko by TKO in the second. If you were to close your eyes uh, during that one, you'd learn that Shevchenko knows more Thai better than Samart, uh, Samart Payakarun, and is a more masterful boxer than Roberto Duran. Her wrestling is more devastating than Alexander Ka uh, Alexander Karelin's, and uh, she can outgrapple Marcelo Garcia out of his rash guard. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, the commentary booth was just uh, full on one hundred percent simp mode for that one. But yeah, Andrade uh, had no ideas on the feet against Shevchenko. Couldn't horsepower her way through the clinch, where Valentina was just better. And then Valentina messed her up from the crucifix, and that was that. Best of luck to that uh, Russian guy that always tags Valentina in his Instagram posts, where he like uh, uploads photos of his home cooking and then writes enormous love letters, where he professes his eternal fealty to the real queen of the world. Like, uh, just... relatable. <laughs> uh, women's strawweight, Rose Namayunas versus uh, Zhong Weili. Uh, Namayunas by K.O., Head kick in the first round. USA! 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 I guess that counts as a victory for the American Empire or whatever the fuck, but no. Uh, Whaley was marking up. Uh, uh, <laughs> was marking the Mayunas' lead leg, and then Rose used her bounce to set up uh, a lead, uh, lead leg head kick. Uh, uh, to which Whaley reacted uh, by going, This is for sure a leg kick. And so she retracted her lead leg rocked her hip back and then her hands were nowhere near her face uh, and so she just got caught flush and just fighting shit happens and then they interviewed Weili right after <laughs> she got knocked the fuck out with the fucking head kick uh, with Weili obviously having no idea what the fuck just happened and then the translator was pissing his pants because Weili was saying something akin to I clearly felt the tap and didn't want to embarrass the champion even further. Just awful. Absolutely bizarre. And finally, our welterweight main event. Uh, Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Usman via knockout round two. What can I say? Usman is a scary, scary human being. 
A terrifying jacked super soldier with hydraulic servo motors instead of muscles. <laughs> to quote Chris Madaffa of The Sound of Violence, but I expected to get on my phone and then see Kamaru Usman, unanimous decision. Kamaru Usman dominated Masvidal for the second time in a convincing fashion. Not Kamaru Usman blasts Masvidal's brain out, splattering the inside of his skull all over the cage and dispersing his neurons into the fucking ionosphere. <laughs> like, pretty sure that explosion of sweat and moisture you saw when Usman landed on Masvidal contained as much as, as much of Jorge's brain cells as it did water molecules. I saw people, uh, I saw people saying that Masvidal looked like shit and nothing that worked from the first fight. Uh, he didn't do any of that. He did nothing that worked from the first fight, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it looked like it looked more like to me like he was overreactive to level uh, level changes and kind of tricked himself into trying to find big moments. Uh, hence the bizarre flying knee attempts that uh, got him either taken down or almost decked off his feet. But regardless, Usman looked kind of the same as he did in the Burns fight. A bit wild at times. Uh, same funny, exaggerated reactions to getting hit, but uh, more assured of his hitting power, if that makes any sense. Like he was, it looked like he was more convinced in the f in the fact that uh, he would be able to finish Masvidal, <clears throat> or like uh, just in the fact that he has massive knockout power. I mean, regardless, Usman kind of. Uh, there were spots in the first round where Usman kind of lost the plot and started uh, whiffing big and with these huge <laughs> clotheslines that got him uh, stumbling all over the place. And uh, But nonetheless, he managed to regain uh, his composure and get back to his uh, jab and straight blows. And in fact, he even launched Jorge with a ramrod straight right hand at some point, kind of uh, giving us an idea of what he was going to do next, which he then did with all inspiring results. I mean, I'm still kind of high off that uh, right hand, like it was just such a pretty shot. Usman showed uh, Jorge the jab hook and then used that, used that hooking motion to, uh, to hand trap Masvidal's own right hand and then used that wrestler's grip to just fucking to just pull on Masvidal's hand as hard as he could. And uh, uh, so... Doing that, uh, he put him directly in the path of the shot, making it that much harder. And it was very hard in the first place because he threw his entire body into that into into that shot, and uh, it had outrageous weight transfer <laughs> to the point where, when it landed, uh, Usman shoulder checked Masvidal, um, and Masvidal he shoulder checked Masvidal's limp body as it was falling to the ground, and Masvidal immediately went completely, completely limp right as the punch connected. Just amazing. Horrifying. Awesome. <laughs> Plus, it kind of looked like if Mas somehow managed to eat Nat and not immediately die, uh, Usman could have double-legged him, which is, just, which is just great. Integrating your striking offense with your wrestling. Always a good idea. And uh, needless to say, Herb Dean did his usual Herb Dean thing of not knowing where he's supposed to be when a guy is uh, beating the other guy's head in. So he just kind of awkwardly shuffled from side to side while standing behind Usman, who was unleashing a hail of massive, massive hammer fists to Maz's head. And only after Maz was like, 
completely fucking 100% no argument there. Ultra mega fucking super dead. <laughs> Dean went like, oh fuck. <laughs> and drag Usman off Masvidal. Just. Just. Herb Dean. Herb Dean, retire, bitch. There was also one funny moment where DC went to confront uh, Jake Paul over some kind of dumb thing he said or something. Everyone started chanting, fuck him up, fuck him up. And honestly, for once, I agreed with the crowd. I really wanted to see DC launch Jake Paul into the fucking sun. I, did, I really did. I really did, yeah. Uh, people are saying this is like... Uh, are you gonna let me finish this one? No? No? Do you think that was a good card? Do you think that was a good card, UC261? Did you like it? Yeah, uh, people are saying... People are saying this is like the best card ever, but uh, I don't know. It was mostly a fun card. I, I agree. I've had lots of fun f uh, watching that one. Like, uh, it was mostly a fun card with lots of crazy shit happening and uh, huge knockouts. And I think, I think people just have this uh, post-fight buzz, where if a card was good, every everyone thinks it's immediately one of the great greatest ones ever. All right, where was I? Yeah, people are saying this is the best card ever, but uh, it uh, it's uh, really... Uh, as I said, it was mostly a Monkey Knight of fights, so like, every time something big happened, everyone went like... <laughs> and so this is just kind of the reaction everyone had uh, to that fight, and so everyone's kind of high off that one, off that, uh, of that uh, well, the post-fight buzz, post-knockout buzz, so... Every time lots of finishes happen, this is the reaction you get. So, I mean, I guess it's uh, preferable to the fight, to the cards having tons of boring, boring fights that go to a decision. So, I'll take it. I'll take it. But the off-sighted reason, the off-sighted reason I'm seeing why the card was good is that it had fans in attendance. I guess COVID no longer exists somehow. Dana White eradicated it, wiped it off the face of the planet with his HGH engorged arms. So, I don't know. I don't know. Personally, I hate, I hate having a shit ton. <clears throat> hate having a shit ton of drunk whooping idiots yelping and booing at every possible opportunity. Plus, uh, plus uh, Dana White really does put a ton of effort into in uh, trying to appeal to that crowd. You know that one. You know the one. The ones who, the ones who, who were out yelling "All Lives Matter" and screaming their heads off at the idea of other races having a right to live. Remember when Dana said, "You can wear a mask if you're some kind of pussy." Well, not a single pussy in sight on that in that crowd. Everyone there refused to be muzzled and came in all naturel. Colby was also there, and amidst the overwhelming boos when Usman was walking out, note, note how the crowd reacted to Colby's presence there. Even when Usman sparked Masvidal out cold, still the camera switched to Colby for some fucking reason. I mean, like... <clears throat> Give me a moment. Like, 
let's call a spade a fucking spade. The UFC's marketing strategy can be described as nothing else as nothing else but race baiting. Conor versus Habib, a proud fighting Irish versus a backward savage sheep fucker. Usman versus Colby, Marty fake newsman and his tribal smoke signals versus true American patriot Colby Covington. Pox blanket and uh, black rifle coffee bought separately. UFC 261, uh, the one day where Dana brought the fans back. Where did it take place? Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida, the only the, the one place that is um, the one place that is adamant on insisting that protecting public health and human lives is less important than watching a pretty white girl knock a filthy slit-eyed commie's head off. Rose Namayuna saying some dumbass Praga you shit. Well, that was awesome. It, it brought some eyes to the fight, so it all worked out. A Chinese market shares. Well, every Chinese fighter on the card lost. So there goes your market share. Like, what do you think they're teaching at the Beijing uh, Performance Institute? Like, Wei Li being as prominent, as prominent as she is, that in itself is pretty much a miracle. Like, remember when... Uh, uh, Zhu Xiaodong uh, tried popularizing MMA in China on his own by beating up a bunch of fake Kung Fu masters. Remember him? Uh, what's he up to now, I wonder? With a negative social credit score after being forced to put clown makeup when facing government-approved pretend martial artists, where his every win was overturned and labeled a draw or even a loss. <coughs> I mean, I mean, I think we're seeing some interesting corporate dynamics unravel here. Dana White obviously wants to start some kind of some kind of political career, piggybacking off his friendship with Donald Trump, that was based on all the racist uh, backwards reactionary views they both possessed, which he is now bringing into MMA, and appealing to the part of the fan base that gravitates towards shit like that. And now we're getting events in states that gravitates towards shit like that. But, uh, you know, we also have Disney and WMEIMG on Naturally See China for what it is. A massive, gigantic, fuck-off, huge market. I mean, look at the way Disney caters to what they think would placate the Chinese government and the Chinese sensibilities as dictated by the Chinese government with uh, carefully inserted minority characters whose storylines can be easily edited down or indeed edited out. But... Um, I mean, so it was only natural to try and bank uh, on that by bringing a whole lot of Chinese fighters for the card that features the first ever Chinese champion. But what was the selection process? Oh, what are they teaching at Beijing PI? Does Dana White even want to have this globally diverse roster of uh, fighters from all across the world? I mean... The UFC is, an, is uh, an American fight promotion to its very core, so I don't think you can ever try and deny that. Because So we're getting this internal conflict within the UFC between Dana White's political ambitions and MAGA sensibilities and WME, IMG, and the UFC by extension, on the cusp of going global. But uh, going global means uh, dealing with things that aren't American. Things that don't appeal to the demographic Dana White, Dana White wants the UFC to appeal to. <clears throat> Needless to say, 
needless to say, the next couple of years are sure going to be interesting. And let's leave it at that. To quote the Joe Rogan Experience, episode 1488, featuring Papa John, I'm just asking questions. News of the week. News of the week. John Jones parts with his manager, Malki Kawa, after working together for 11 years. First round management, founded and led by CEO Malki Kawa, made the announcement on Twitter this Monday evening. Uh, after an 11-year uh, journey as John Jones's management team, first round management and Bones have amicably decided to part ways. We are proud of him and the work we've done. We wish him the very best going forward. I mean, I think it should be pretty obvious that Bones is uh, pissed at having failed to secure a hefty bag for the Francis and Gano fight. Basically, his whole thing was uh, pay me lots of money to take this L. <laughs> and now that first round management didn't get him that fight, he decided to ditch him. So right now it seems like the next Ngannou fight will be a title defense in uh, a rematch against Derek Lewis. And as Bloody Elbow pointed out, Lewis is also is also an FRM client. Funny how that works out, huh? Uh, <clears throat> and next, Triller, Triller Fight Promotions uh, took a page out of uh, Dana White's book and started on a crusade to eradicate all streamers ever. Those who ever existed and are ever going to exist on the whole planet. All the streamers, all the pirates, all of them. The final... Uh, the final solution to the streamer question. Uh, so, despite the first pay-per-view, uh, uh, despite the fact that the first pay-per-view that was uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren uh, allegedly accrued as much as 1.5 million pay-per-view buys, Triller still feels like they've been duped out of millions of uh, dollars in revenue due to piracy. So this is what this uh, uh, their statement was thus: It is shocking to think a theft so grand can be done so blatantly and brazenly and still with no remorse. The spokesperson said. There is zero difference between what they did and walking into a market stealing tons of product and selling it at a discount in the parking lot. It's neither civilly nor criminally any different and we are prosecuting to the fullest to the fullest extent of the law. There were far far over two million illegal streams. I don't know what, what kind of accent I'm doing, but fuck it. Akin to hundreds of millions of dollars, sites mostly using Google's YouTube, such as FilmDaily.com, AccessTVPro.co, <laughs> EnOnlineToLivestream.us, <laughs> CrackStreamLives, CrackStreamsLive.com, <laughs> SportsToday.com, Sports-today.club My.sports.club B-I-L-A-sport.com Trendy Clips Mike 
You're extra <laughs> explicit <laughs> explicit gaming. Oh, eclipsed <laughs> gaming. It's little Brandon <laughs> and others <laughs> are causing significant damage not just to Fight Club, but uh, content creators overall. People put a lot of hard work time and money into creating a product for the consumer, and having it stolen and resold is terribly damaging. The good news is that they are not protected by VPN masking or other firewalls, and their activities are criminal and grand theft, and so we will ultimately find them and prevail, not just for us, but for content creators in general. We intend on working closely with the authorities as well to stop this highly illegal behavior. I guess. Best of luck. <laughs> uh, I say this all the time, and I'll say this again. Pay-per-views suck as a format. Because a lot of the time, most pay-per-views, especially especially boxing pay-per-views, are kind of shit anyway. Like, there's one good fight, and it's kind of kind of a drizzle of shit <laughs> trickling downwards from there. Like, plus... Plus, what kind of what kind of fucking idiot would pay actual money for fucking Jake Paul versus Ben Askren? What kind of loser does that? Like, I'm getting real P some real P.T. Barnum vibes from this statement, from this one, from this whole thing. Like, it was dumb when Dana White thought that the streamer was just one guy. Like, it was some real who is this, who is this 4chan type shit. Like, and it's dumb now. It was dumb then, and it's dumb now. Piracy is an accessibility issue. If you give people, if you give people good content at a reasonable price, they are likely to just buy the fucking thing. Suck my dick, Triller. <laughs> Bobby Knuckles releases a statement on why he didn't take the proposed uh, rematch against Israel Adesanya. He said in an interview with ESPN that he turned down uh, the rematch with uh, Israel Adesanya at UFC 263 because he needed uh, more time to recover after he kicked Calvin Gastelum's ass from pillar to post at uh, UFC Vegas 24. And uh, the UFC wanted to book the fight for June 12th, but uh, Bobson said it would be would have been impossible for him to take to accept the fight on such such uh, short notice. And uh, so Marvin Vittori will go on, will go on to challenge Adesanya for the belt instead. And Whitaker has no problem with that. Here's what he had to say on the matter. More or less, I was offered to fight about an hour after my fight with Gastelum. Uh, there was just no way physically I could do that. Not only do I have injuries from that last fight to deal with, I have to fly home to Australia and then spend two weeks in mandatory isolation. I have to see how my body was feeling, and, I, and then I'd have to prepare all by June. It was impossible. I can see what Izzy's trying to do. He's trying to get me to accept the fight injured on short, on uh, short notice, with all odds against me. But there was just no way I could get there physically. I do want that fight, and my next fight will be for the title. It has to be. Uh, he was just really adamant about fighting on that date, and I can't do it. I'm happy to fight the winner after. So, 
if the UFC hasn't gone completely fucking bonkers, Bobby is likely to fight the winner of uh, Easy Vittori uh, this autumn. Uh, Rob uh, went on to voice his feelings on the matter. I don't care who wins, whatever. I hope they, uh, I hope they beat the hell out of each other. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, same Rob, same. Chris Weidman health update. Immediately after Weidman uh, snapped his fucking chin in half, uh, they drove him to the hospital for an emergency uh, surgery. And then a few hours after, he released a video on, of, uh, on his Instagram describing his current situation. I think it's gonna be eight weeks until I can walk, uh, until I can walk without crutches and stuff, and drive and all that. And then as far as training, I don't know yet. They said, but said uh, they said between six and uh, twelve months, uh, and then I'll be good to go. I'm trying to find the blessing in this, guys. The silver lining in this. Honestly, as soon as it happened, and I, as as soon as it happened, and I hit the floor, and seen what happened to my leg, and the pain started hitting me, I was just trying to put my mind on something positive that's going to come out of this. I'm hopeful that something will come out of this. I'm hopeful that something will come out of this, but man, this is not fun. I can't believe it happened. Surgery. Surgery was successful. They put a titanium rod through the tibia. They go through the knee and they put the rod in. They drill it through the tibia and make it straight and hard. My fibula was broken as well, but I guess uh, when they put the tibia back together and my leg was straight... The fibula kind of um, matched back up where it was broken and they feel like it could heal on its own as long as I'm not putting any weight on it and stuff. <clears throat> Honestly, it sounds ghastly. Maybe even ghastlier than than the break itself. But uh, as long as Weidman keeps the leg and moves on with his life, then it's alright. This is MMA, folks. Heartwarming stories all round. All year round. <laughs> Just n not a break in sight. Ah, uh, Dana White, Dana White, Dana White. You know what? Give me a sec. Dana White says Nick Diaz Nick Diaz may return to fight Hamzat Chimaev. I mean, they showed Nick once in the crowd, looking like he's aged 50 years in the span of like 10, with a beer in his hand. <clears throat> I don't know. I just worry about that dude. It seems like his drink problem is out of control. 
the irony is not lost on me. <laughs> that's why that I mean that's what they do with Nick these days. They just promise him free booze and then just drag his ass to events. I don't think he he can even tell his right hand from his left hand whenever he hits the bag. That is if he even does that. Whatever, this is bullshit. Dumb fight. They shouldn't make it. And it won't happen anyway. Because this is Nick Diaz we're talking about. At least I hope it doesn't. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor says some really fucking stupid shit. Wow. Breaking news. Newsflash. Fucking lightning. Striking 70 times in one place. Wow. Wow. Conor McGregor said some dumb shit. What? 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 Conor tweeted, tweeted out a fucking John Jones ass tweet where he said that Usman is coping his strikes and that's why he gotta beat Usman up. The clip was from the second Paulie fight, by the way, the one where he got knocked the entire fucking hell out. Remember when Dustin Poirier knocked Conor McGregor out? I sure as fuck do. I mean, Conor invented straight punches, I guess. You know, I like how you can tell when Conor is absolutely... You can tell that Conor is absolutely the one managing his uh, social media. Because nobody else really posts uh, posts quite like him. Like, uh, he's got this manic coke, fiend, uh, manic coke fiend energy to his every post. And it's, like, permeated with this aura, with this, like, with this, uh, uh, just, I, I don't know. It's It feels like something a typical Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie type character would say. Like, uh, the, the character who always says, like, things like, I'm gonna twatch ya, you cunt, uh, you know. It's every second, and it's supposed to be really, really funny that he swears, that he's British and swears, and in this case, Irish and says cunt a lot, or like I don't know, like cunt. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sick of talking about McGregor. Let's never talk about McGregor ever again, unless the Usman fight somehow happens. Like I'm gonna talk about McGregor if the if the Usman fight happens, and McGregor gets thrown so hard he becomes embedded uh, in inside the Earth's core. Then I would talk about Conor McGregor, willingly. Oh, and we are still we are still covering the aftermath of UFC 261. Christ. Jorge Masvidal entered the arena wearing a shirt wearing a shirt saying free Alexis Villa and said Alexis I love you to the camera if you're wondering what that means Alexis Villa is a former Cuban Cuban freestyle wrestler and MMA fighter who's also a convicted felon who's currently serve, serving a 15 year old 15 year long sentence for second degree murder I mean if life was fair Pat Barry would be serving a 15-year-long sentence for 
seducing a 16 year old <laughs> fucking <laughs> I'm such an asshole you know I mean uh, in the fight um, after the fight where Rose won uh, against uh, Zhang they uh, showed uh, uh, Pat Barry and Rose embracing and Pat Barry was yelling some kind of like uh, affirmations and, and and all that stuff and like the commentary was like either it was the either it was the commentary or the tweet from ESPN after that like saying no these two went through so much together and my immediate reaction was like yeah they threw so they went through so much together including up to and including Rose's puberty <laughs> all right uh onto the onto the news at hand so like Alexis Villa is a convicted felon serving a sentence in jail and so according to bloody elbow the actual story goes like this Villa sometimes referred to as uh, Villa Perdomo was born in Cuba in 1971 in the early 90s he represented Cuban freestyle wrestling competitions in 1993 and 1994 he took gold medals in the 48-kilogram uh, category at the World Championships. In 1995, he won at the Pan American Games, also at 48 kilograms. In 1996, Villa appeared, appeared at the Summer Olympics in Atlanta. Shortly after winning a bronze medal, Villa defected to the, uh, to the United States. The following year, he was hired by the Michigan State University to be a wrestling coach. There, he worked with the uh, with future UFC stars R Rashad Evans and Gray Maynard. In 2004, Villa crashed his car into the Ford Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. No one was hurt, but uh, Villa was initially suspected of uh, attempted terrorism. He was officially charged with airport violence and sentenced to three years in prison. Years later, Villa's manager claimed that the airport incident was a suicide attempt. When speaking to MMA fighting in 2014, Villa said he was diagnosed with depression around the time of the incident and was drinking heavily. This is becoming a sort of a, it's a kind of a theme here. I don't know why. <clears throat> After he was released from prison, Villa began a pro MMA career. And he fought until until 2016. His last pro fight was a win over Jorge Calvo at Titan FC 40 in August 2016. While training in MMA, Villa associated with Ariel Gandula, another Cuban defector and regional MMA fighter, and Roberta Isaac, a boxing coach and promoter. Villa also trained with Masvidal. After retiring from pro MMA, Villa worked at uh, uh, a Presidenta supermarket location in Miami. He was given that job by Manuel Marin, who owned the location. Marin, a former wrestling coach in Puerto Rico, helped Villa defect from Cuba back in 1996. Marin, a fan of the Florida fight scene, also hired Villa to teach his son how to wrestle. Marin is accused of also hiring Villa, Gandula and Isaac to kill Camilo Salazar, who he suspected was having an affair with his wife. In June 2011, Camilo Salazar was driven into a remote stretch of uh, the Florida Everglades with his hands tied behind his back with a belt. After his kidnapper reached for his desired location, Salazar was uh, led from the car and forced to kneel. <laughs> Salazar was then brutally beaten, likely with a golf club, causing his skull and jaw to fracture. 
Then his throat was slit, not enough to kill him, as evidenced by the blood found in his lungs. After Salazar was uh, rolled, after Salazar rolled onto his back, he was doused in gasoline. He was set on fire, with the first sparks of flame being set around his genitals. It is not known if Salazar was alive or dead when he was burned. In December 2019, Isaac was given a life sentence for the actual killing of Salazar. Villa was convicted of conspiracy to commit second-degree murder for his role in recruiting Isaac and for acting as a go-between for Isaac and Marin as the actual murder unfolded. Gandula, who fled to Canada shortly after the crime, testified against Villa and Isaac and received a 36-month sentence for participating in, his, in, uh, in the kidnapping. Marin, who fled to Spain after the crime and was captured there when he tried to renew his passport, is currently on trial for his alleged uh, for his alleged role as mastermind in these uh, in this suspected murder for hire plot. So basically, basically, if I got this right, a wife's guy or a guy's wife, a guy's wife cheats on him, he figures. I should fucking kill that asshole who cucked me. Hires Villa to off him in his stead. Villa then drags a bunch of other people into the whole thing. And then together they recreate a scene from Scarface. Which is probably why Masvidal thinks this whole thing is badass and Villa is innocent. Nice. If you can't tell, I'm a big MMA fan and I like this sport a lot. This is such a good sport, you know. Lots of interesting, inspiring people. Stories of personal success, overcoming adversity. Uh, people achieving impossible dreams and uh, uh, rising to the occasion, rising from, uh, rising above their station, so to speak, like. Lots of that going around. So, I saw people say that uh, Masvidal is just being loyal to his best buddy. And it's cool that he's so loyal and devoted. Like, it's a gangster thing. You wouldn't understand. Mostly said by people who aren't gangsters and have never experienced anything remotely close to any type of meaningful interaction with gangsters. I also saw some guy say, well, if it's your best bud, when it turns out he killed someone, will you just leave him out to dry? And like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> he fucking killed the guy. Christ. Colby Covington claims Kamaru Usman needed PEDs to win the Masvidal rematch and calls him Kamaru Juiceman, which is honestly kind of a cool nickname. So, Colby can't even insult Usman, right? So, whatever. Colby Covington has accused Kamara Usman of using performance-enhancing drugs, claiming that the uh, that uh, Usman used EPO in his welterweight title defense against uh, Masvidal. Here's what Covington had to say in his appearance for the submission radio. No way I'm impressed by that. Do you see... 
Did you guys not see how gassed he was at the end of the first round? I mean, Marty Juiceman, he's the CEO of EPO. So I didn't see anything special. I didn't see anything special. If anything, he needs to find a new chemist, a new scientist to get him some new formulated drugs because he looked like shit. He was gassed in the end of the first round. He was done. If he's fighting me in there, he doesn't last three rounds fighting like that. I mean, to start, to start, the whole EPO's whole thing is that it gives you way more stamina. Like that, that's uh, first of all. So, and that's why, that's why TJ was using it. And we already saw Usman fight five rounds, five rounds against you, Colby, fighting that exact same way. And he won. I mean, really, what has Colby got going for him at this stage? He doesn't fight. He doesn't say anything interesting. His entire gimmick is basically is basically gone. And we already saw how far his style can bring him against Usman. And by that I mean getting knocked the fuck out by Usman. And so the only reason Colby is still here is because Dana White is a racist piece of shit. And he'd like to have another racist piece of shit get rid of the guy who openly represents what America can do when it represents... <coughs> he, he, like, he's trying to get rid of the guy who openly represents what America can do when it embraces its legacy as a haven for immigrants. Like, it may not be true in practice, but ideas are powerful. And the idea that you can, that you can come to America... Remain true to yourself and to your roots, to your cultural roots, to your origins, and to your country of origin, but also become a part of something bigger, larger, stronger, and representing, like, these ideals that, that, I mean, everyone can agree that these are good ideals, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of uh, expression, democracy, the rule of the people. All that stuff. In practice, it's not really like that, but also, the, at least at least you have something to cling to. And so this idea is probably the most powerful of them all. And so you've got Colby, like, I mean, Colby stuttering and sputtering his way through this, uh, through his interview, because, uh, through this interview post uh, after the card uh, wrapped up, they interviewed him after Usman, uh, like, w left the arena, and so he kept stuttering and sputtering his way through that interview because all his lines about Usman being a grindy boar uh, were now gone. Uh, like, that was the highlight of my day this, that weekend. Like, fuck. Fuck, I can't call him a crotch sniffer. I can't call him a crotch sniffer this time, even though that's my entire style. <sighs> this is... This this is the rest of what he had to say. What did we expect? Street Judas got, what, 20 losses on his record? I mean, the guy's a joke. I'm going to be champion when I beat Marty Fake Newsman in a couple of months. Why should I fight a journeyman, a guy who's on two straight losses, who got just, just got knocked out unconscious on the biggest stage? This guy, The guy's fragile, man. He's fragile. He's got no chin. And to be honest... 
what I make of it, no commission would approve me fighting him. That would be suicide, man. Look at what Marty just did to him. Can you imagine what I'd do to him? Can you imagine what I would do to him? I mean, Colby, you just... You just... You also got knocked out by Marty. And since, and since Marty knocked out a guy who's got no chin, what does that say about you? Oldest rule in the book, people. Like... It's the oldest, it's it's the, one of the oldest fucking things everyone got taught in professional wrestling early on. In the very, in the very, in the, in the olden days of professional wrestling. Don't call your opponent a bum. Because then you beat a bum. Or worse still, you lost to a bum. This is boring. This is boring, I'm tired of this shit. He's just saying things. All these people who do this... Conor McGregor type bullshit just saying random shit that doesn't represent reality in any way. And so McGregor thinks he won every round of his fight against Habib up until Habib inexplicably teleported to his back and choked him out. Like, if this was boxing, he'd get beat up. If boxing was MMA, he'd have... Uh, I would MMA the shit out of Mayweather. But in MMA, no one can do an MMA against me. Dustin Poirier cheated by doing MMA in an MMA fight against me, an MMA fighter. And so, uh, in Colby's case, it's also a reflection of what extremists like uh, the tankies and the old right always do. So they, they, so they just lie and reject reality over and over again. And it's the type of rhetoric that dominated uh, everyday discourse for the last four years. I mean, it's fun to laugh at. It's fun to see them expose themselves as uh, idiots over and over again. But the trouble is, there's plenty of idiots who believe this crap. And Dana knows this too. He's actively encouraging the community to get like this. And I have, I have zero doubt the crowd for UFC 261 was pretty much uh, a bunch of former MAGA chuds from top to bottom. Especially if you take... Uh, Especially if you take what's uh, Dana been saying for the entire duration of the pandemic into account. Whatever. Give Kobe his rematch so he can lose all his teeth on top of getting his jaw shattered for the second time. And uh, let's get it out of the way and forget about it. Alright, uh, next one. Jake Paul scolds Dana White for not paying fighters. Fuck's sake. The state of this. The fucking state of this sport, man. <laughs> Fuck this. Upcoming events. <laughs> UFC on ESPN. Uh, Reyes versus uh, Prochaska. Reyes is uh, coming off a KO loss to Jan Blachowicz in a fight where he looked like he forgot how to fight. It honestly looked like he thought the reason he lost against Jones was that he really lost, and not because the judges fucked up. Like, he he switched uh, camps after that fight. It it was really bizarre. Uh, Prochaska, meanwhile, is kind of your typical athletic light heavyweight on a hot streak full of first-round knockouts. I don't know what to think about this one. A lot of thing, a lot of um, a lot of the fight hinges on where Reyes' head is currently is. 
Hope he managed to find it after Yen knocked it off him. <laughs> uh, our our uh, our co-main is Cap Swanson versus Giga Chikadze. Cap Swanson is old, really, really old, and Chikadze is weird, lanky, and janky. Think of that, what you will. And then we've got uh, Yonko Tsulaba, the greatest natural acting talent on the planet since uh, Marlon Brando, versus uh, Dustin Jacoby. Sean Strickland versus uh, Krzysztof Jotko. Uh, Mirab Dvalishvili versus uh, Cody Stamen. Poliana Batelio versus uh, Luana Karolina, and that's our main card. Then we've got Loma Lukbunmi on the prelims, squaring up against Sam Hughes. And then some other fights. Uh, and that's that. We did it, folks. Got, uh, we've got through another one of these. <laughs> I deserve this. <clears throat> I deserve this. If you sit here, sifting through these news, like, uh, Basically, what I'm saying is that my alcoholism is uh, justified. It's entirely justified. All right. Uh, <laughs> check out the fight site for analytical content and our written works. Check out our Patreon for exclusive uh, custom content like uh, resume evaluations, uh, more fight breakdowns, uh, alternate commentary tracks, and more. Almost all of our existing work becomes available at the $3 tier, while $5 give you access to our Discord server, where you can hang out and converse with our staff, uh, including me, and uh, other like-minded fight fans who appreciate the technical side of the sport in all its intricacies. We've hit our stretch goal of 200 patrons, and uh, we've released our second article from our series, of, uh, on our series on top 5 greatest MMA fights, and the commentary for the fights is on the way. And... Uh, the first one was Justin Gaethje versus uh, Eddie Alvarez, so go read go read that article. Uh, it's by Dan Albert. It's great. Plus, uh, Dan and Fenio recorded an alternate commentary track for that fight. You can get the full video version after subscribing to our Patreon, or you can kind of try to sync the audio-only version that's available for free on our podcast, nat- uh, podcast network. Ed Gallo also recorded a resume evaluation podcast that's about Kamaru Usman and his run. Go check that one out. Ed is also going to start the robbery review series this week, where he watches a few fights with uh, questionable questionable decisions and scores them. The first one, I think, is going to be Johnson vs. Sehuda 2, and he's going to look at other iffy fights, like RDA vs. Colby and such, so stay tuned for that. Don't forget to check out our main channel, for technical breakdowns and shorts, and subscribe to this channel if you'd like to see more content, such as this show, if you'd like to see me go gradually more and more insane with each passing week, and (laughs) if you'd like to see more content such as the second two-hour-long podcast, that two-hour-long discussion panel with Zach Makovsky at Gallo, Hexerized, and me. This has been the Fight Sides Combat Sports News Recap, and I'll see you next week. Peace. No oh, man.
Now I gotta go to the store. Getting drunk at 2.30 a.m., uh, 2.30 p.m. is the best, you know. Also, I could never figure out the difference between a.m. and p.m. up until now. And I still fucked it up. Still fucked it up. All because of this. Because of this thing. So. Stay healthy, kids. What are you still doing here? Go outside, pick up a football. <laughs>